Hi, I'm Dan Lukasik. Uh, today's guest is Dr. Carrie Barron, a board-certified psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, on the clinical faculty of the Columbia College of Physicians and Surgeons, who also has a private practice in New York City. She has published in peer-reviewed journals, won several academic awards, and presented original works related to creativity and self-expression at national meetings of the American Psychoanalytic Association, along with her husband, Dr. Alton Barron, a hand and shoulder surgeon. She co-authored the book, The Creativity Cure, How to Build Happiness with Your Own Two Hands. And welcome to the show, Dr. Barron. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Dan. Well, we're, we're Carrie, interested in having Carrie. I'll sorry. call you Carrie. <laughs> yeah. That's okay. I'll call you <laughs> Carrie. Carrie, what is it, uh, what is it about depression, uh, you, you know, that is so uh, on the minds of everybody uh, these days in, in our culture? Why, why is depression such a problem in our culture? Well, I think, you know, the, the, the level of stress has gone up enormously because we have so much to do and we're on 24 hours a day. So I think, you know, because of technology, which, um, you know, offers us so many great things, but gives us much to do. I think that's part of it. I also think, especially for children, we're in a, you know, a kind of a striving, ambitious, um, be productive all the time mentality for children and adults. And I think that, you know, we need to play, we need to hang out, we need to have spontaneous time. I think spontaneous thought, that does a lot for alleviating depression and anxiety. When we time. talk about time yeah, to well, do nothing. When we talk about depression, uh, you know, uh, we have so many different words, I guess, in our culture for unpleasant experiences. Uh, we might say things like, I'm sad, I'm burnt out, I'm stressed out, I'm depressed. But what is the difference in your mind as a clinician between sadness and, say, depression? Well, sadness is a normal emotion. And I think, you know, we don't have to treat everything and be afraid of, of sadness. We don't, you know, we don't have to pathologize everything. There is a range. I mean, life can be very hard and it's appropriate not only, you know, to have it, but to let yourself have it, you know, you, you, because sometimes it is actually moving towards the authentic feeling rather than running away from it that actually makes it go away. It's like you first have to experience it. And then when you understand it and you're in it, 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 it runs its course. Now, this is separate from a true sort of major depression where you can't get up in the morning. I mean, that's another story. But, you know, sadness, um, sadness is a normal part of life. And, you know, uh, in your clinical practice as a clinician, how often would you say that uh, depression has played a role in why people come to see you? I think it plays a role often. I think it's, um, you know, the categories that we have in the DSM-5, I think, are somewhat, um, they're useful so that clinicians can communicate with each other, but nobody is really fully described by a category, you know, or a diagnosis in that. And there's a lot of overlap. So, and, you know, when people are depressed, they're often also anxious, they're often also stressed, and sometimes it's a little more of one than the other. So, um, but depression, you know, depression does come up a lot for people, and it's a very painful, very, very painful. And I think, you know, not being able to get up in the morning, not feeling like doing anything, not being able to enjoy the sunny day or, you know, the view of the water or whatever else people are getting into, it, it makes you feel very separate and alone, 
when you are depressed and other people around you are not. So it has kind of a trickle-down effect, too. Why'd you write the book? Uh, you know, it's such an interesting book. I found it a fascinating read. You wrote it with your husband, who's a surgeon. Can you tell our audience why you mm-hmm. wrote it? Well, there were two 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 things. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I talk about this now. I didn't really talk about this much in the book, but... When I was a kid, I, you know, I had some problems. I, I was depressed. I was anxious. I really, um, we weren't taking meds at that time. I kind of had to, there was some chaos in, in my world and I really had to find a way to survive. And when I look back on it now, all those things that I recommend in the book are things that I was doing or trying to do, you know, using my hands. I would cook a lot or, you know, I would take long walks and, and then later in my practice, you know, about, I don't know, maybe I started seeing this 10 years ago or something. The patients were saying that, you know, I went home and I, I fixed my sink and I got, I became euphoric or, you know, I started playing the cello and I, and I felt great. And I started to realize that the meaningful hand use has, has a lot to do with happiness. And yet, because so much of what we do now is is accomplished with with a click on a device, we're deprived of process. And process, being deeply immersed in making or making music, brings with it, you know, the possibility for euphoria and satisfaction and feeling good about living. So creativity is really about a way to have an optimal life. And, you know, I'll, how you define creativity is another matter, but we can, we can talk about that if you want. Well, you just you gave us an excellent uh, description psychologically of how the process works. Uh, let's come at it from a different angle, uh, what's going on in the body, in particular the brain. Uh, what's going on in the brain when someone is struggling with depression? And how does, does uh, creative action uh, interact with that? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that, you know, there are a lot of studies have been done on serotonin and other neurotransmitters that there's a depleted state and we need to boost it up with medication or activities that do the same. So, you know, vigorous exercise can create the same biological state that antidepressants can. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I say this, I want to qualify this by saying that, you know, one must see their physician and make a decision, but certainly exercise can help a lot. So um, also meaningful hand use has been shown to also boost mood. Um, there's a neuro, uh, Dr. Kelly Lambert wrote a book called Lifting Depression, and she was the one who talked a lot about how purposeful hand use can um, affect brain chemistry and make people feel happier. And what would be some examples of uh, using your hands? I, I mean, when we think of that, you know, we think of creativity. Many people might think of, of painting, for example, and might say, well, you know, I'm not a good painter. I don't play an instrument with my hands. But it isn't really limited to that, is it? Created, created, creativity isn't limited to that. Uh, can, you, can you expand on that? Sure, absolutely, and I'm so glad you asked that because I think this is really the crucial question, and I think you hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of people say, I'm not creative. Well, first of all, I mean, I think we're all born creative, and it's a matter of finding 
what you can do. It can be applied to business. You could be an amazing, you could be genius at figuring out what the team needs to be. You know, that's very creative. You could be an amazing cook. You could have a tremendous talent for decorating, gardening, the design of a garden. You know, I mean, it doesn't have to be on a professional level. It's really a matter of figuring out what you can get into. And you may have to you may find that if you put some time into mastering a skill that you find a certain pleasure and freedom with it, you know, whether that that could be something like painting, but it doesn't have to be. It could be knitting, um, crafting. It could even be fixing things. All of that involves uh, meaningful meaningful hand use. Dr. Barron. And creativity. Uh, I, mm-hmm. Please go ahead. Oh, okay. So I was just going to say, so there are many definitions of creativity, and and my definition of it is allowing the most natural self to emerge to make a positive contribution. And I feel like it's it's this allowing your a freedom, a spontaneity in the way that you live, a feeling of safety that allows you to do that so that you'll throw out an idea, so that you'll say something funny in a conversation, you're, so that you are just yourself and it works. You That's talked really earlier, optimal living. You mm-hmm. talked earlier about uh, when you were younger growing up, having some uh, difficult childhood experiences and learning um, some creative coping skills. You know, myself, and I've written right. about this, I had a very difficult childhood as well uh, with an alcoholic, uh, abusive father. And over time, you know, certainly I didn't have what I would think of depression as a young adult. It developed more in midlife around when I hit 40. Um, it seems like there's a lot of research that suggests when when people in their childhoods have difficult experiences, uh, either emotional abuse, physical abuse, or deprivation, there's some kind of link up later on with adult onset depression. Have you found that in your experience? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I do. I think because in a certain way, when you're in your 20s and your 30s and you're striving and you're distracted and you are you have a strong goal, that in and of itself, that kind of commitment to a goal and emotion can stave off, you know, certain aspects of, of your memory or your inner life. And, and it might get triggered, you know, in your 40s, um, maybe when you have a little bit more time to contemplate or, to, you know, it can creep back. But... Um, I will say that there are certainly ways. I, I just always like to not be falsely optimistic, but really be optimistic and really encourage people to understand that, you know, there are ways to look into your particular history, your particular form of depression, and work with it to get to a much better place at any age. And that, but in your, in your book, you talk specifically about not only being creatively engaged, but the use of one's hands, like a physical activity, and that somehow... Uh, mm-hmm. connects to creativity and no matter your history, no matter the causes of your depression, uh, that seems to work for just about anybody with uh, depression or unhappiness. Would you say that's the case? And I, I do. I think it's mild to moderate depression. I think if okay. you have a very severe depression, you know, maybe you may need some medical intervention or an intense therapy, but what I like to say is if you develop a creative habit, it's very useful to fall back on it when you are depressed. You may not be able to master a new habit if you're severely depressed, but if you're mild to mild to moderate, 
and you know you you work on your knitting or you work on your painting or you go into the kitchen and you are inventive about your cooking it really can shift mood but not if you're in a very crippled state if you're in a crippled state you need to get to sort of a a better place and then use the creativity after that mm-hmm. and based on we we talked a little bit in the beginning i think before we went on air that you're, you're you're living in New York City right now, but you're actually soon to be on the move. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right, right. Well, I'm very excited because I'm going to be moving to Austin, Texas um, soon. And um, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm very excited to be able to be involved in helping them and working with, with the great people there to try to develop a creativity wellness program together. Um, I'm not sure exactly. Uh, I had submitted a proposal to them about um, human flourishing and the aspects of human flourishing that from my research I have found um, yeah, I should outline 10 principles that are based on scientific research but also on ancient philosophy that um, really help people with optimal living. And And most of those actually are linked to creativity and linked to better health. So I'm really you, excited to get to work with the people there. Mm-hmm. And during that time, uh, before you move there and as you move there and continue to work there, you're going to continue to write and blog. And you actually have a website. Uh, where can our readers find you? Oh, so it's Carrie Barron, MD. That's my website. And um, uh, we have a pretty active Facebook page. The Creativity Cure, Cure Facebook page has a has a a wide uh, a wide following people people make lots of comments and have lots of interesting things to say on that so that might be a place to to look um and i and i do have an active blog on psychology today where um you know i try to keep it lighter for for facebook um you know kind of short for my website but on the on psychology today i try to deal with deeper kind of more complicated issues um but and i just well, try to be useful okay well Carrie, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today on this very important topic of depression and what we can do about it uh, with creativity. And we look forward to following your future work. And I hope everybody follows Carrie on her website and reads her blogs. This is Dan Lukasik from Lawyers with Depression. Join us next week for another interesting interview.